Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. And isn't that what we need today to know and believe that, that Jesus is the way maker? Um, there are many ways in which people go, but, but there is only one way, truth, and the life, and that is Jesus. And so that song just reminds me as we, as we sing it, especially that even when I don't see it or even when I don't feel it, we know that God is working. And boy, do we, I need that and do we need that. And that's what this whole series is about. It's about in this wilderness that we're in, and we all have, we're all in this pandemic wilderness, but you have your own wilderness as well that you're going through, that there is the way through, and we're going to join in that together. And so today our scripture comes from Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 15. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. Then the Lord, then they... I started a little early. How about this? Then they set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much, as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. 
And so, Lord, we do pray that you would reveal your glory to us, just a glimpse of your glory this morning, that we may know you, that we may hear your faithfulness towards us, and that we may live in your truth. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I imagine most of us have these little moments of, of panic and anxiety. Maybe um, sometimes it happens to me when I, I think I know where I'm going and all of a sudden I turn down the wrong street and I'm not sure, um, am I really supposed to be here? Or as a, a parent, I'm sure a lot of us have had an experience of being in the grocery store and um, our little boy or girl that's supposed to be right there, when we turn and look, they've gone somewhere else. Um, and there's just this moment of, of panic or, or, or a little bit in which we, we are afraid. This sort of this fear gets us, right? It just sort of, it just springs up into us. And so kids, uh, uh, during the, the message, I'm going to invite you to, to participate in your little notebooks. Or if you're at home, just grab a piece of paper. And so in box one, I want you to draw a time in which you are afraid. So you can get your notebooks out. And in box one, you can draw a time in which you are afraid. Now, as we think about the wilderness, one of the things that any wilderness does, and again, a wilderness um, is any time in which we are not sure the way out or we don't know what tools we're going to need in order to get through, all right? So we don't know the way out and we don't know what tools we're going to need in order to get through. We become disoriented, and that disorientation often causes us to be afraid. Now, it is normal for us to feel Fear. That is something probably that, that all of us have experienced. Or actually, um, it's actually a good thing that we have this fear mechanism that causes us that if we're driving down the road and there's a car that stopped in front of us, we're going to slam on the brakes, right? Because of the urgency and adrenaline. Fear can be a good thing, but living in fear is not a good thing, and being controlled by fear is not a good thing. A few years back, there was a, a movie called Inside Out, and, and with Inside Out, um, there was this character who was fear, right? And, and fear, um, his job was to protect uh, the, the hero of the story, which uh, was a girl named Riley. And this is, what it, this is what he was supposed to do. His main job was to protect Riley and keep her safe. Fear is constantly on the lookout for potential disasters and spend times evaluating those possible dangers, pitfalls, and risk involved in everyday activities. There are very few activities and events that fear does not find to be dangerous and potentially fatal. Now, does this describe uh, some of how we feel about fear as well? Um, I know that there are some people, especially moms, you're really prone to find fear in every circumstance or every situation, right? It's like, well, I can imagine all 50,000 bad things that can happen to you. Even if only two of them can happen, I feel all of that. So, so kids know that your moms and, so, and your dads, they walk around afraid of every possible circumstance, all right? And so in this wilderness that we go, we experience fear, but the question is what happens when we experience fear? And one of the most common feelings in the wilderness is actually fear and desperation because you cannot see the way ahead. You cannot see forward, and so you're afraid of what we cannot see. You're not sure what's lurking around the corner what's caught up in those trees, even what's behind us in the darkness. And we wonder, will we be okay? And sometimes even in the wilderness, we don't even have our basic needs met. 
Now, one of the things that um, I was a psychology undergraduate, and if you took psych in college, um, you probably learned about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Now, you can kind of see here our, our different sort of, of charts, but it's, his basic point was um, you have to have these basic needs met before you can move up to the next level. And so that bottom line is these physiological needs, needs like air and water and food. And we see this in our schools. That's one reason why we want to partner with our schools is to help make sure that there are families who don't have some of these basic needs met. And one thing, it is really hard for a hungry kid to learn. It's hard for a hungry kid to behave well because all they can feel is their own hunger. Um, I, we had to tell our youngest son some bad news uh, yesterday. We looked at the schedule and the third graders eat at 1250 which means he's going to have to go from like 7 o'clock till 12.50. So pray for his teacher, because as his dad, I can tell you his hangriness happens, all right? And that when it gets there, all right, it's hard for him to think about anything. We're just like, you need to eat something, right? We've all experienced it. Snickers made money off the commercial that says, you're not you when you're hungry, Right, And so we all have these physiological needs. It goes up to include safety needs. We need to feel safe and secure, have jobs, employment, resources, health. All right, It goes up love and belonging, friendship, intimacy, this family, this sense of connection. And, and, and unless you have that, you can't reach that next level, self-esteem, respect, status, recognition. And then finally, what he would call self-actualization, this purpose, this desire to be the most that you can be. And so we have to have these needs. And what we're going to see is that in the wilderness, all right, that the Israelites were, were struggling with this most basic physiological needs that are there. But as I see what's going on in the world today in the midst of the pandemic, this actually explains a lot. Because one of the things that, have, that has happened is a lot of us haven't experienced um, the, the safety need, which is that second level. We were so used to it, but now we're not feeling as safe as we used to. And so that means it's struggling for us to feel love and belonging. It's struggling for us to feel the other way. And that means we have to be so gracious to one another. Um, the, the stats about mental health, um, dealing with children, youth, and adults right now is really, really startling. And I think part of that is because we don't feel as safe as we used to. We don't feel as loved as we used to because some of the ways that we do that, which means as Christians, our job is to make sure that our needs of our neighbors and our own needs are being met. And so what happens is, is that in the wilderness, we become afraid. And when we become afraid, we become desperate. And desperate people make poor decisions. When you and I are desperate, we are not acting in the way in which is in the best interest of ourselves or in other people. We make rash decisions to try to take care of ourselves. And we see that really in the Israelites' story, is that these are desperate people who are being illogical and making poor decisions. And so at the beginning of the scripture, I know it was a long scripture, all right, thank you for hanging in there with me. Um, this is what it says. It says, that the people are grumbling, and they said this, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pot and ate bread to the full. They were remembering the good old days of slavery, where at least they had food. But then they go on and they say this, But you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. 
And so kids in box two, I want you to draw the Israelites grumbling, them whining and complaining um, about God and, and to Moses and Aaron. So in box two, I want you to, to draw that. Now, now here is, as, as we look at this, they're really their complaints are not logical. And that's what happens whenever we're afraid and whenever we're desperate, logic somewhat goes out the window, right? Because what they were saying is, is this is who God is. Is it the same God? All right, who heard their cries and set them free from 400 years of slavery. The same God who sent plagues on Egypt, on the powers that were there. The same God that split the Red Sea. The same God that has been leading them with a cloud of fire and a, a, a cloud and fire is actually a sadistic God who did all of this just so they would die in the wilderness. That's the... There's not a logic there, but that doesn't mean that's not what they feel because fear causes us to feel differently. And do you see what they wanted to do is they wanted to go back. What often happens is that when we're in a wilderness experience, all right, and we get overwhelmed and we become afraid, we want to go back to the last place of relative safety that we experienced. What is the last place that I can remember being relatively safe with? Now, this explains why some people who would stay in an abusive situation, because they have learned they know how to survive an abusive situation, they aren't sure if they can survive a wilderness. And so they may step a little bit into this future, it becomes overwhelming, and they revert back to that, because fear, without trust of a good, causes us to retreat. But whenever we can trust the process, or more importantly, trust God, is that fear with trust will force us and move us forward. And I think that this is what God wants us to do in the wilderness. So many of us, we just want to get back to normal. When we forget that normal was actually somewhat bad. I mean, there was great things, right? Like, I love sports and, and a full arena cheer, and that's a wonderful thing, right? Um, there are some things I want to get back to. But there was a lot of slavery that was happening in February of 2020. We were addicted to our jobs. We were addicted to the value that came with it. We were so busy being busy. But now all of us are like, I just want to get back to normal. When what if God is calling us in this wilderness season to a beautiful new future? But if we had the option right now, we would choose the old normal instead of God's preferred future. And so he's calling us to move through our fear with faith. And so he promises good to them, and he does it in a very tangible way. I love that God meets the tangible needs of his people. He says, you're hungry? All right, I'm going to send you food. I'm going to send you quail tonight so that you can know I'm good, and I'm going to send you this thing called manna, this bread-like substance every day. But it's important that I send it to you every day. In fact, he didn't quite send it every day, but he, he said on the, the sixth day, you're going to need to pick up enough for two days. This is a great gift that God is giving his people. And if we overlook it because we are used to weekends, but imagine you've been a slave and all you've done every year is work, 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 day after day. And then all of a sudden God tells you, don't work this day. Don't work on the seventh day, but rest. You just need to pick up enough on the sixth day, and it's going to be good for you. What a gift that is. And that's part of who God is, is he gives good gifts to his children. And he gives them this gift of this daily reminder of his faithfulness. 
And he tells them that, that they need to take just enough for each day, except on the sixth day when they need to take two days with. But can you guess what the Israelites did, or at least some of them? They collected more than they needed because they weren't confident that there would be enough day after day. And, and what happens is in the midst of desperation, in the midst of fear, is that we can become hoarders. And so what would happen is that they would take more than that they would need, and that then the next day it said it would stink and that there would be worms in it. Now, leftovers rarely taste as good the next day, but I've never had leftovers with worms in it, all right? But this is a lesson that God is trying to teach them, that I will provide enough for you day after day after day. I am good, and I'm going to be good yesterday, I'm going to be good today, and I'm going to be good tomorrow, and you can trust in that. But desperate people are hoarders because it's one thing we can do to try to control the situation. I think of, uh, you know, earlier at the beginning of this pandemic, we had this toilet paper um, crisis, right? And what it was was a bunch of people who were afraid and desperate trying to control something. And so they bought all the toilet paper that they could and hoard it because, by golly, I'm not going to have that problem you may have that problem because you didn't go to Walmart at the right time on the right day, but I'm not going to have that problem. And what that shows me is the desperation of people. Now, some of you, you haven't bought toilet paper since March. It's amazing, all right? Maybe you're getting close to running out, but um, I mean, it's, this is what fear and desperation in a wilderness does, is we don't know what to do, so we try to grab what we can do. But that's not the lesson God is trying to teach them. This is what it says here. Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And again, the reason why God gives bread is twofold. One, hungry people need to eat because they can't feel those other things unless that need is met. But two, it's in order for God to test them and more importantly to teach them that God will deliver faithfully on his promises. And so kids in box three, I want you to draw a picture of the Israelites waking up and finding food. What would it have been like to wake up and find all that, that food on the ground here? Now, one of the things that you'll often hear from uh, churches, and, and I've probably even said it as well, is like you just got to have faith, right? That the answer to our fear is just to kind of have faith. The problem is, is that faith is actually not something that we can muster up. It's actually a gift from God, that, that it's part of what God gives us. And so what happens is, is that we think, well, I'm afraid, thus then my faith isn't good enough. But what if it's not about us being afraid, which we will feel, you will feel fear, you will feel anxiety. But what if it's not that, but about have we experienced God's faithfulness and have we become attuned to that? You see, the antidote to our fear is not to muster up faith that will squelch this, but instead to experience God's faithfulness and goodness. You see, God loved us first, and then we respond to that love. And I think so many of us, we do faith backwards. We think, well, I'm supposed to do this, and so I should just experience it, and I should just have faith. But the truth is, we have to experience it and receive it from God, and we have to trust God daily. Earlier in the Lord's Prayer, we said, give us this day our daily bread. 
Now, there are some of us who would rather say, Lord, give us the whole week's supply of food, and then that way I don't have to worry about the next six days. Let me just do this. Give, us, give me this week, my, my weekly bread. Give, us, give me the next month, right? Some of us would take a year. We would stockpile as much as we could. But God says, no, I want you to learn faithfulness day after day because that's the only way you're going to build up your trust muscles and your endurance for the race that is ahead. I think about uh, there was a season in my life in which I ran. I need to get back to it. But you just don't go out and run a 5K. Um, maybe some of you can, but I certainly can't. All right, you have to train. You have to build your endurance. You have to build your muscles. It's the same way with faith, is you have to build your faith muscles in order to be able to run this marathon of life that we're in. And that begins by us sort of soaking in and experiencing God's faithfulness. So how do we experience God's faithfulness? What are some of the exercises? What are some of the ways in which we can build these muscles so that we can have a faith that can make it through the wilderness, all right? Now, the first thing that, that we can do is we have to look for it. We have to look for evidences of God's goodness and faithfulness, all right? I mean, and so for the Israelites, it would have been pretty simple that they would have, have looked and, and every day when they saw manna, I would have hoped they would have said, thank you, God, for taking care of me today. When they would have looked up and they would have seen the, the cloud and the, the fire at night, that would have been a reminder of God's faithfulness and his goodness. All right, that we have to have our eyes open. It even says in this text, and this is one of the, the great gifts, it says in verse 10, And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And I love how it said they looked toward the wilderness, and they saw God there. Because whenever we're going in the wilderness or towards the wilderness, we need examples of God's glory and faithfulness. And I, and I experienced a little bit of that glory and faithfulness even this morning in our time of worship, that sense that God is good and God is holy and God is for us. And so you have to look for it. And you have to both look back, remember times in which God has been faithful. We all have these moments and we can be like, oh yes, I'm going to hold on to this experience this truth, this lesson that I've learned to remember, but also I'm going to look around. One of the best things that you and I can do is like keep a gratitude journal. Say things that we're thankful for. Play, ask people and ask one another, where have you seen God? That forces us to ask that question and it forces us to answer that question, to look for God's goodness and then to thank God for it. Now, another way in which we experience God's faithfulness is we have to make it a routine. Now, this is why I think Sunday morning church matters. Whether you're watching online or whether you're in the room, is that we, needed, we need this anchor that reminds us of the routine of God's faithfulness. And for the Israelites, that would have been on the seventh day when they woke up and they didn't have to get food. They were reminded that God was good and faithful. And so for us, it involves worship. Maybe it involves uh, our daily devotion. It's this healthy rhythm of work and rest, of just enjoying and appreciating who God is. And so this routine matters a great deal. Sabbath matters. And one of the things that I realized early on in this pandemic, especially before things opened back up, was just how important this 11 o'clock hour, it was 10 o'clock at the time, um, the, the 10 o'clock worship was for, for you all. Because in a world in which we didn't know what day or time it was, we could at least go to church and experience something together that stabilized us and that reminded us that this pandemic, this wilderness is not the end, but God is good. 
And so in the midst of whatever you're going through, especially a wilderness experience, having that routine of faith is so important. And another thing we can do is to just obey his word, that if God invites us to something, that we do what he says and that we do it right away and we do it all the way, is that we are people who are obedient to who God is and what God has done. And so for the Israelites, it was picking up the right amount of manna. I don't know what it is for you, but if God invites you to something, we are called to follow through. And so if we can do this, then we're going to train ourselves to see God's faithfulness more than we experience the world's fearfulness. All right, And we have to do that. We have to train ourselves because the world is going to try to make you afraid and make you anxious. And if you haven't, if you haven't experienced that, God bless you. All right, Because everywhere I look, I see anxiety producing stuff all the time. All right, I think about the, the weather, and God bless weathermen in Oklahoma and weather women in Oklahoma. I can't imagine what it would be like to be a meteorologist in a place and time in which you don't really know what's going to happen. But I, but I see a sense of like the anxiety and the fear that that can produce in people, and that that, that, that anxiety produces people to watch what you're doing, all right, or, or continue on the app that you're looking at, or whatever it is, is that anxiety and fear is all around us. And so we have to train ourselves to see God's faithfulness more than we experience the world's fearfulness. And we have to do that every day. We can't be like, well, I went to church, and so then I've got my faithfulness for the week. No, we need to do it day after day after day because the relentlessness of the world of fear will not stop for the rest of our lives. I could see the world getting better in the way of fear, but it's never going to go away because it knows that it inspires desperate people and desperate people buy their products, desperate people watch their channels, and desperate people do desperate things. And we want to be faithful people, not desperate ones. And so part of, of what we have to do is look for God's gratefulness and his goodness. And so kids in box four, I want you to draw or write something that you are thankful for. Draw or write something that you are thankful for. And so for us as people of God and as people of faith, what we have to do is to seek first his kingdom. I mean, this is in the Sermon on the Mount. We have it in Matthew and in Luke. Jesus said these words, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. This is a great promise of what we are called to do is to seek first how he is being faithful, to seek, to look for it, to be open to it, to be ready for it, to thank God for it, to expect it, that God is going to show his faithfulness and his glory to us. Sometimes we need his faithfulness, the manna. Sometimes we need his glory, this abundant sign of his presence with us. And so if we look for it, we're going to be more likely to see it right? And this is true. We, we've, we've had this experience, right? You get a new car, and then all of a sudden you see that car everywhere you go, right? If you look for God's faithfulness, you will see it everywhere you go. But if you're looking for fear, or if you're looking for something else, it's real easy to overlook the faithfulness of God. And so when Jesus says these words in Matthew, these are the very next words after. It says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can I get an amen to that, right? Um, that, that some days. But some of us, we don't just worry about tomorrow. We're worried about next week. We're worried about two weeks from now. We're worried about Christmas already, right? And here, seek first his kingdom 
Therefore, don't worry. If we pay attention to his kingdom, we're not going to have to worry about tomorrow because God's got this and God's faithful and God's glorious and God is good. And so we trust in that. Now, it's really interesting to me what it says right after that same passage, seek first his kingdom in Luke. It says these words, and I want you to hear these words. Do not be afraid. These are Jesus' words over us. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. You seek first his kingdom. Don't be afraid, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Now, the kingdom of God is not a land. The kingdom of God is his goodness. It's his love. It's his presence. It's his power. It's his faithfulness. And so his word to us is do not be afraid, little flock. God's got this. Your father is good. The Israelites still weren't convinced of God's goodness, even though there had been evidence after evidence after evidence after evidence of God's faithfulness. And we can be like that. We can be like, well, God, yeah, you did that, and yeah, you did that, and yeah, you did that, and yeah, you did that, but I'm hungry. I'm scared. I don't have a job. I'm alone. Yeah, you did all those things, but I need you now. And the word that Jesus tells us is do not be afraid. If you seek first his kingdom, if we look for his faithfulness, we can live faithfully. And so what's going to happen is in the wilderness, you will experience fear. You will feel it, but do not let it control you. This is normal. So in the wilderness, you can feel, you will feel fear, but you can experience God's faithfulness. And you can choose to obey God faithfully. And so that's really what we want to do is to experience God's faithfulness. And my hope is that whether you're watching at home or you're here in the room, is that, is that you will just take some time as we pray to say, God, where have you been moving? Where is the evidence of your goodness? Where is the wind of your will that's blowing around us? And I'm going to take stock of that. Where have you met some of those basic needs? Where have you met some of those safety needs? Where have you met some of that love and belonging needs? Can I experience your faithfulness? And then I'm going to choose to obey God faithfully. It's hard to take steps of faith, especially when you're afraid because you want to go back. I think of the, oh, there's a great song. I have decided to follow Jesus, right? Um, we don't have to sing it. I don't want to, you know, like I heard Reuben's mind like, oh. Do I need to get ready for that? Um, but when you've decided to follow Jesus, it's a, the song goes, I've decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. And it says no turning back, no turning back. And, and I think for some of us, we, we, we've said, okay, God, I'm going to follow you and life is going good. And then something happens and we're like, "Woo, I'm not sure. And God's like, no, 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 no. Like you have to go through this to become to get to the promised land, to become the people that you want to. It's just five steps ahead. Can you just go a little bit further? I I'm watching this show on Amazon Prime. It's uh, about this world's toughest race uh, or something like that. It's crazy people who go through the jungle and wilderness to like have a race. It's really weird. I don't know why they're doing it, but they're doing it. And there was this group and uh, 
and, and they got to one checkpoint and, and they had a choice to make, whether they would, whether at night they would, would go, and it wasn't that far. On the map they showed us, it was like this far away, all right? But instead, they weren't sure if they could do it, and so they had to go the long way around. And so many of us, we find, and, and what the people who were talking about it on the show, they were like, they had no idea how close they were. And they had no idea that it wasn't as scary as they thought it was going to be. But in the darkness and in our fear, we're not sure. But if God invites you to take steps, take those steps of faith. It's gonna, you're going to be afraid. You're, you're going to be unsure. But you're going to look around. You're going to say, God, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. And so because of that, I'm going to choose to obey God faithfully. And so what we're going to do is just have a little time of prayer. We invite you, if you're uh, wherever you are, to, to just pray. Uh, if you want to pray at the altar, you're welcome to do so and just to experience that. Um, and maybe some of you, you've been doing life your own way. You've been following your own trail. Or maybe you've retreated when God has called you to advance. And, and maybe today is the day you say, you know what, I need to surrender my life. I've been controlled by my fear, my anxiety, my desperation. Instead of giving myself to the God who is good and who loves me. And so maybe today you need to just pray today. I'm going to be up here. If you want me to pray with you, just come gather here and make eye contact with me. I'd be glad to pray with you. We'll have this little time of prayer and then we'll sing our closing song. Let me open us up. And so Lord, sometimes we're afraid. More than sometimes, quite often we become afraid. And, and we find ourselves in a situation in which we're desperate and we retreat when you're just like, oh, just 10 steps more. You've got this. You're leading us. You are the way. We see the cloud. We see the light in the darkness. Lord, give us the gift of faith that sees your goodness and that enables us to follow. Lord, may we follow you faithfully this day and every day. And may we experience your love and goodness. And may we not be afraid as your little flock because we know that you love us and that you are here for us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And now all of us have this time of silent prayer together. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.